International Women's Day, celebrating the women at the Hit Network. Hi, I'm Gemma Fordham and I'm the head of the Hit Network. And today, to celebrate International Women's Day, we're talking to the wonderful women on air as part of our network. And now I'm joined by Rebecca Morse from our Adelaide Breakfast Show. I believe in the day. I just hope that there is a day when we are using it to celebrate equality. I feel like uh, each year we get a little bit closer. We've got more achievements to celebrate. But I still... So I read the news on uh, 10 uh, of an evening and I still feel like I'm doing stories where it's the first woman who's done this or the first woman who's done this. And I go, it's 2019. How are we still celebrating the first woman to do something? Yeah, gosh, that's an interesting point. That's that's a fascinating insight because, of course, your other job is doing the news for Channel 10 in, in Adelaide, in South Australia. Yes. And so you would see and hear those stories more than any of us would. Is it something that, you know, you feel as a woman that's in the spotlight that you therefore have this requirement that you have to champion the cause? Well, it's funny because I n- never have thought of myself as a woman in journalism. I never felt like I was given an opportunity because I was a woman. I always thought that I was given opportunities on merit. Um, But I guess it is, when I took the role at Channel 10, um, I was presenting with George Danikian and he Mm. was the lead anchor. So he would read the first story every night. Oh my gosh, was was it that meticulous? Was it that? Yeah, it was. Um, but having said that, if he went on holidays and we had a male fill-in, then I got to step up and read the lead intro. But in some markets, no matter who was reading, the male would always read the first intro. So I think even that was like oh, 10 years ago now. Wow. So I think, yeah. So, and now I'm reading solo um, and yeah, and I, but I've never really felt that was an achievement as a woman. I just felt it was an achievement as a journalist. I'd be keen to know because I genuinely don't know this about you. Is I don't know what your, I suppose your history was and how you got into media and and how you decided that you wanted to be a journalist and what that took and did you study or what's the what's your story, Beck? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't actually decide until year twelve that I wanted to be a journalist. I um. If I ever chat to school students who are really uh, confused about where they want to go, I kind of say, you know, it's a it's can be a meandering path, I guess, to get where you want to go. I wanted to work. Um, I was I loved animals. I actually did my work experience at an animal sanctuary, and I thought <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then I went, ah, oh, no, I had to wear gum boots, and I got really dirty, and I didn't like that. So then I decided <laughs> that my strengths at school were in writing, but I didn't decide that till I'd already selected my Year Twelve subjects. So I mm. chose physics and chemistry and maths, Ooh. and just hated it. Um, so consequently, didn't go as well in Year Twelve as I would have liked. So I didn't actually. By then, I decided I wanted. to to be a journalist, but I didn't get the grades to get into the journalism degree at University of South Australia. So I did what every um, indecisive uh, student does and started an arts degree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did two years of arts and finally got the um, grades to transfer across to journalism. But do you know what? That made me really hungry because I'd worked to achieve it and sat through an arts degree going, oh my goodness, I'm qualified basically to, you know, serve at McDonald's (laughs) drive-thru. Oh, shout out to McDonald's drive-thru. Shout out to Maccas. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it made me, when I got into journalism, really hungry for that craft and I worked really hard. And then I was so lucky when I graduated from journalism to get a cadetship at the ABC. 
three and they are just like hen's teeth, those cadet ships, mm. and just the best training ground for me. I'm so grateful for my time at Auntie. I still um, think of the ABC <laughs> really fondly. Um, so that involves a year in the Metro newsroom, which was Adelaide, and then they ship you out um, to the country. So I was, I think, 21. I'd lived at home. My mum spoilt me. She made my bed. She made my lunches every day. She made my dinner. And then at 21, I moved to Port Pirie um, in the mid-north of South Australia um, where there is a, for those uh, interstates, there's a huge lead smelter. That's its main um, industry. And so I moved out of home and... I had to fill uh, radio news bulletins single-handedly and present them um, by myself. So that was just um, baptism of fire. Um, but I learned so much about journalism and about um, interviewing and digging up stories in that time that I, or my advice always to journalism students is go country. You'll, you'll never regret that. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot about myself and about the craft in, in Piri. Um, and then I moved around. Uh, my next posting was Darwin. I spent two years in Darwin, which again was amazing, incredible stories up there. And then I went to Brizzy for six months. And then I had a little um, a little blip in life in that I uh, fell pregnant to my first child, Grace, who's yeah. now nearly 16, and went, oh dear. Um, the family, both myself and my partner at the time, well, he's still my partner now with my husband, mm-hmm. um, all our family was in Adelaide and we went, right, we've got to pack up and go home. We can't do this by ourselves. Yeah. Um, so then went back to Adelaide, um, had Grace. And then um, two years later, the position at Channel 10 came up. Um, so we that was based in Melbourne at the time because we did our Adelaide news from Melbourne for a few years, strangely. And mm. uh, so I packed up and moved to Melbourne. Um, with your two-year-old? With the two-year-old. Had our second child, Miller, while we were in Melbourne, then moved back when I was pregnant with our third, Frankie. So we've got three girls. Mm. So just a lot of working and breeding yeah. <laughs> at that time. And then came back to Adelaide um, and, uh, yeah, and then beginning of this year, um, just decided to add to my workload and accepted this um, new role at Hit 107 in Adelaide. Gosh, you really have done the rounds. Good on you. Yeah, a lot of a lot you of put in the hard yards. Yeah, yeah, I think I did, and I, and I think um, people who are listening to me on the radio who've never watched Ten News might go, "Where'd she come from?" Like, but I've actually yeah. been working really hard yeah. for a long time. <laughs> You've been building up to this point. You put in all the hard work already. Was it tough making those decisions out of interest to move your family back and forth? Because I imagine that would have been tough. Once you have kids, it's sometimes people feel like they have to be locked down and, you know, there are people that, that see it completely the other way, that, no, your life continues and you can go wherever you want in adventures, you know, on adventures in the world. Was that tough for you making those decisions at the time or were you just really focused and committed to your career as well? Those decisions were relatively easy because the kids were young. I think now, so my eldest is um, in year 10, I think she would really struggle to move now. Um, I think when the kids were young, it was the perfect time to move them. We moved back when she was in year two. So she was sad, but she made friends quickly. So um, I was lucky. I would really, um, I'd really think long and hard now, um, now that they're all kind of in school about leaving. Having said that, my dad moved us back to Adelaide. We moved around a little bit in childhood because he worked for a bank and I moved back to Adelaide in year 10 um, and that was really, really hard but it was also character building, I think, to to um, meet new people when, you, when you're a teenager. So 
if I had to move, I'd probably say suck it up, princess. Mm. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't intend to move now. Adelaide's my home and we're pretty settled now. Yeah. And was that back, you know, when you first had, had the kids and as you said, you've got three beautiful children mm. who are now... Well, Sometimes they're not, they're not so beautiful. Well, yes, we're going to get <laughs> yeah. to that. Not them not being so beautiful, but we're going to come to that in just a moment. But before that, I wanted to ask you, uh, was that a tough decision for you to go back to work? I know that we hear that a lot of women share their stories on the air and, and, and men as well because so many men um, are now at-home dads and I think it's really important to acknowledge that and I think it's great that we're seeing more of that balance but was it tough for you to decide to go back to work or was that something that was what you wanted to do? Oh, it was hard and it was different with every pregnancy. My first child, um, I was with the ABC and I was a reporter. So I decided to take the full year. And also because I was a first time mum, I think I really needed that time to learn how to be a mum and, and really appreciate that time. With the other two, um, I only took six months. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, that was, that was a tough decision, but I kind of didn't have a choice or didn't feel like I had a choice, mm. um, which is which is still, I still think we've got a little bit of a way to go in terms of offering women that full flexibility because I just thought I needed to get back to work. Mm. Yeah, probably sooner than I might have otherwise. Having said that, I'm also not a big believer in mother guilt. I kind of think you do what you've got to do um, and my kids have turned out okay. They're, all of them have been to childcare um, and they're okay. Yeah. Kids are okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so true. Everyone makes the decision they, they have to make at the time. Um, and in hindsight, maybe I would have liked a little bit more time, but oh, it's such a, it's, it's such a juggle. Such yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Every family has to do what's right for them. Every yeah. woman has to do what's right for her and there is this mother guilt that unfortunately has seems to have become something that is at the forefront of all these decisions that women are making in life and yeah. ultimately you're right it builds resilience in the children and the kids are okay I so I know when I was a kid I don't know about you but I don't think it was really such an issue <laughs> no well I actually had to say to my mum who's a teacher I said were you were you home with us and she said oh my she said I took five years off I didn't go back to school until uh, to, to work at school till you girls are in school and that's really bad because I went oh <laughs> you remember? I have no re- recollection of that thanks mum <laughs> My poor mother takes five years out of her career to ask her if she was home with me. So I think that's a bit of a reflection. Maybe if she wasn't home, I would remember and I'd have some deep-seated resentment. The poor woman was like, oh, great. I'm glad I, glad I put in those hard yards for you. <laughs> what I love about what you share on air particularly is a segment that is called Mum Fails. Mm, yes. Do you want to explain what that is or maybe give an example for people who don't know? <sighs> yeah, so Mum Fail... We do on a Monday, I think, just because of the alliteration. Of course, um, that's what we do in radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just sharing those moments because I think that sometimes we're not honest about how hard being a mother is. I think um, particularly through things like social media, we put the highlights um, and you might see, um, I, well, I thought, you know, what Carrie Bickmore did the other day in terms of showing the reality of of motherhood um, is something that I kind of try and do in this segment, though I'm not yeah. brave enough to put that on my actual, put that <laughs> photographic evidence of that. Um, oh, one of the examples, I guess, I had... Um, 
I had took one of my daughters to a Taylor Swift concert and it was raining and I said, the show's going to be cancelled. There's no way she's going to go on in this rain. And then my 10-year-old started sobbing and saying, Mummy, you're so mean. And then the girl sitting in the row in front of us started crying as well and said, Mummy, is this true? And I said, I'm just trying to be realistic. And then next minute Taylor Swift came on and started performing. <laughs> and then Miller told me that I'd ruined the concert for her. Um, okay. So it's just all those times when you just mess up. Yeah. Um, mess up as a... As a mum. Oh, you know, it's, my my pantry was infested with moths the other day, so I said, let's do some cooking together, let's make sushi, and there were like there were like live moths in our, in our pantry. <laughs> so they had to get a lunch order. So just little moments where you're just trying your best and it just all comes unraveled. I know, but it's so refreshing to hear it. I think that's why the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive to that segment because there are so many women out there um, who are trying their best and feeling like they are failing, but it's actually not. It's finding the humour in it and actually sharing the stories is what makes everyone realise that we're all exactly the same. Yeah, we're all in this together. It's not it's not a competition, is it? We all just do our best. Yeah. Now, so talking of, you know, men being an important part of, of championing women, do you have, you know, have there been men in your career that have really championed you or impacted you or would you say your husband? I mean, now I'm setting you up to say that you yeah. have to say yes about your husband. But, <laughs> you know, that quite often that, that that is an important element of a woman finding her success and, and yeah. not that you need a man to do that, but no. there have been men that have often helped shape that along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And no, um, absolutely. My husband, he is, he also works in the media. Um, so he, I'm very lucky, understands um, the commitments and understands um, what I need to do. Um, he is basically doing every school run every morning. Bless him. Yeah. And um, and that is getting kids out, getting three kids out the door to school is so much harder than me having to get up at four and do this job. Hats off to him, mm. particularly because he can't do ponytails. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my goodness, the mums at school are rallying around. that. Oh, I did. I put Frankie's hair in a ponytail the other day because, they, <laughs> because she came with her hair down. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, it. It, it takes a village, I guess. Um, but also in terms of male leaders, the um, Grant Heading, who was the news director who gave me um, my job at 10, um, he was a great supporter of mine and he also um, was the boss who let me come back at restricted hours um, when I came back six months and I was still breastfeeding. He yeah. um, was in like... I think basically when you say to a male boss, I want to keep breastfeeding, they go, oh, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, um, he allowed me to start, um, start later for a couple of months just so I could transition back to work um, and still keep feeding. So um, that's something, yeah, I, I've always remembered that about him. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, we, we do need the men in our life to, um, to help us on our journeys. Yeah. When you and I met to discuss this role, the role yes. that you always took on radio. And I'll never forget the look on your face when I said to you, no, no, you know, I, I really want you to do it. And you look like a deer in headlights. It was just like, <laughs> I could see your mind ticking over of like, how am I going to manage this? How's this going to work? And you, you're doing it. And I'm sure that, you know, I have no doubt that you're thinly stretched and that you're doing your best to make it work. But I really commend you for taking the leap of faith and, and and doing that. What what was that like for you? Is that a tough decision? And and what's yeah. the day? What's your normal day? Yeah, it was a tough decision. Um, and 
Yeah, and I'm so glad that you came and spoke to me about that personally because um, like having a, a, a female in leadership, a mother like yourself, helped get me across the line because I knew that you and the team were going to be understanding of my other commitments. So thank you for that. Um, you're welcome, but you don't need to say thank you. It should be it should be a given, but, but um, you're welcome. My day is different every day, but on a normal day, I'm trying to be disciplined about my bedtime because it's the only way that I can survive. So I put the kids to bed at 8.30 and then put myself to bed at 9 o'clock. My 15-year-old yeah. stays up later than me, so, like, she's putting me to bed. She's tucking in, tucking me in and saying goodnight. Um, the alarm goes off at 4.15. We do the show. We have about an hour post-show. And then I have about an hour to an hour and a half before I need to be at 10, which is not a great deal of time. One day a week I get a late start where someone covers my news updates and that's the day that I go home and I exercise and I have a big nap. Um, so I try and use that hour. I either have coffee with a girlfriend, I might try and fit in a petty. I just do something for me in that little window just so I feel yep. human. Go outside and see the sun, get some vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's a full day at, uh, at 10 and then I head home and just um, my poor children, because I've got a short, because I don't see them in the morning, when I get home, it's all about the QT, the quality time. So I like get up in their grills and I squeeze their little cheeks yeah. and I go, Mummy loves you. Tell me about your day. Sit down. Tell me about your day. And they are like, what? You know what kids yeah. are like? Yeah. So monosyllabic. So I just try and um, invest those couple of hours that I have in the um, night with them, read them books, um, just try and um, be a good mum for those couple of hours. But also my weekends are really sacred now. I just try and block out the weekends. Mm. Um, yeah, not to do too much social stuff, just um, run the kids around to their school sports. They do surf lifesaving and we do movie night on Friday night, get fish and chips. So just try and invest in those family rituals in the time that I have with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's precious time, but it is a lot to juggle and we hear so much about the juggle, but uh, you are doing a sensational job of it. So um, kudos oh, to you. <laughs> thank you. As I said, it's early days. The wheels might fall off, and there are day, like I don't. I hope that I don't make it look easy because it's not easy. Mm. And there are day, like there are days when I go, I've got this. Oh, like every woman, there are days when it all goes well and you've got it, and then there are other days where one little thing goes wrong and you feel like it's all unraveling. Is there anything that you feel in your life at this point that you haven't yet achieved that you really want to? Do you know what? No. Because, Having a fourth child. Oh, <laughs> gosh. My husband has been snipped, so if that happens, I'm in a <laughs> um, No, and do you know why? Because I'm not a goal setter. Like, I mean, it's not just it's not just luck. Like, I feel like I've worked hard as well. I think it's hard work as well. Um, but I'm really happy where I am now. Gosh, I couldn't possibly take another no, you thing can't. on. <laughs> anyway, well, I guess I just want to. I just want to perfect, and oh, I'll never perfect it. But I just want to get better at the things that I'm doing. And the other, my other sort of rule to live by is I just try and stay in my own lane. I I really don't want to look at what other people are doing and compare myself. Um, and I think the strong message for International Women's Day is I just want to try and build other women up and help other pe other women because I think we're just all in this together. Yeah, it's it, it really is about women supporting other women and I certainly know that all the women here at the Hit Network, both on and off the air, um, truly behave like that and I think it's it's the way it should be and hopefully it's like that at most companies as well. But it is, as I've been saying to the, the other lovely women who are on air for the network, it is truly a um, privilege and joy to listen to you. So thank you very much for your time today and thank well, you, you lead for... lead by example, Gem, so thank you. 
International Women's Day, celebrating the women at the Hit Network.